we're back to episode number two, which is all around the advice that I took that led to the most difficult year in six years in business and why I would encourage you not to follow that advice either. A long title, but necessary. Okay. It's, it's something that is being taught a lot. It's something that a lot of people are doing. I've spoken to tons of folks who also took that information and advice and dealt with similar heartache and difficulty. Uh, it's a doozy and it's not to be taken lightly. And so if you're wondering what that advice is, I'm going to get to it in just a minute because I want to make sure that you understand I'm not blaming the person who told me to do this. I don't have any will toward anyone. I still believe this person's a good person. It's not about the person. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't really hold grudges like that. And I don't believe that. Yeah, this, this is a rhetoric that's happening all over. Um, so yeah, I just want to preference that, but here's the one worded advice that I encourage you not to take. And that is to overhire. Now, not many, you know, I guess not much advice that you get uh, is one word, but that one word can be extremely damaging. It can be extremely hard to unwind this one. Uh, so what is, what is overhiring me? What does it look like? Let me talk through some of the logistics. So overhiring is when you are looking for maybe one coach and you hire two. If you're looking for two salespeople, you hire four. And the logic behind that is that one of them is potentially not going to work out. And so you might as well already have somebody lined up to be able to take on the full load. Um, and if both work out, then great, right? Like then it's awesome. But generally speaking, especially when there's a lot more people in the, um, in the hiring pool, then, you know, it's just going to be a lot harder to find the right fit hires. Right. And inherently, like it's not bad logic, right? Because it does really suck when, you know, you learn when you lose one person that's doing that job and then inherently that job either becomes yours or on somebody else's plate who isn't trained in that position. So it just gets really hard and difficult. So I get the logic 110%. If I didn't get the logic, I wouldn't have done it. Right. So I took that advice. Uh, and if I'm being honest, because of the momentum uh, that we experienced in 2021, it was really like, okay, I see the merit in doing this because again, in the two and a half years of business, the first two coaches that I had hired left about three to four months of after working with me. And so I had experienced that turnover. And when I'm moving and making a lot of sales in the program, like I can't, I'm the only, I can't be the only person who's going to fill that job um, if a coach leaves, um, because that was really tough for me during our second and third virtual conferences. So September, 2020 and March, 2021, I had to go into those conferences in the middle of a hiring process for a coach, knowing good and well that the 40 people who are joining my program, like I'm going to have to coach by myself. And that's a lot. Um, so I'm not only coaching them by myself, but I'm also training the person to take over for me. So when you're being and having difficulty with capacity, like you have to think through these things. And so I had experiences like that and I just didn't want to have to do it again. I 
I wanted to be able to withstand when we have, you know, those types of things happen because turnover is part of business. Anyone who guilts you about turnover, like not about that because there's so many variables at stake. Like we're human. So somebody wants to take a different position or whatever the case is, like, it's just, it's okay. Right. So, you know, I, I really wanted to be able to have enough coaches and enough salespeople that if people are on vacation, if if life things are happening, then it wasn't that big of a deal. So with that being said, in 2021, we had an employee coach and a contractor coach worked really well. They were able to fill in for each other, help me out. So that was really good to have two coaches. And then again, at that point, we had enrolled almost, we enrolled literally 79 people in the month of September, 2021. It was madness. Um, so I was like, oh geez, like we need to hire coaches ASAP. And so we hired two new coaches in November of 2021. Um, and, you know, we, it's, it's just like, okay, like if this is the track that we're on, like we got to get on top of this. Like we need double the coaches, like here we go. So again, in this over hiring advice, if I need two coaches, then technically we need four coaches, right? And then if we had that many coaches, we would need an assistant to help them out and do some admin stuff. And then we needed head coach type role. That isn't me because I need to be open and available for marketing and sales and, you know, keep up with the train that's moving. So again, that meant I needed four new coaches and a program assistant and potentially a head coach. So that's all happening on the fulfillment side. Also on the sales side, we had one salesperson in 2021. And at the time we had only sold in the DMS and messages. So from there we were suggested to move to sales calls because again, you can't get to triple the revenue, uh, without sales calls was the rhetoric. So this was advice that everyone says you have to have sales calls. If you want to have a seven figure business, which at that point I already knew was a lie because I had done that. Um, but you know, multi seven figure year, you know, you have to like, you have to have sales calls. Like that's just the thing. And honestly, I don't think it's necessarily true. I love sales calls. I don't mind doing them. However, again, my capacity, sales calls are energetically draining to me. Not That doesn't mean that I don't enjoy the person on the other end. It just means that when I am looking at tasks from an energetic, you know, give or drain, sales calls drain me a lot and so, and fast. <clears throat> so if I only have so much capacity, you know, sales calls are going to take quite a bit of it from me. So, um, I was like, okay, well, I guess this is the only way to do it. And so if you ever find your, and again, I want to preface this by, if you ever find yourself saying, I guess this is the only way I can do it, please go in the opposite direction. Like there's so many ways to win in business. There is no one way. There is no, like, you have to do this way if you want this. Okay. Just like, let's just be done with that. Okay. I know I'm, I'm kind of speaking to myself, but I'm also speaking to y'all listening. So for me, I was like, okay, well, if this is what it is, then I got to have salespeople. So we probably should have two or three sales, you know, people in, in 2022. Um, again, I probably should have had two in 2021, but hindsight. So if I need two salespeople, that means I need four. And when you get to like three to five people in a department, generally speaking, 
it's not a rule, just generally speaking, you need a manager. So, and potentially an assistant. So basically <laughs> I set my sites out to have four salespeople, a manager and an assistant for sales and have that match in my delivery. So four coaches, program assistant, manager level, um, head coach. And then again, the salespeople were the four salespeople, manager and assistant. So I had it all lined up, made all, it made all the sense in the world. Um, it was scary as hell because that's a lot of people. And I'm not like, you know, trying to manage all these people. And I do have two managers on my, on my team, Alice and Christy, who are great managers. So I knew that I was going to be leaning on them a lot more. Alice is in charge of sales and marketing. Christy is in charge of operations and fulfillment. So like that was a setup, right? So what that looked like from a timeline perspective was I hired four people in January and then two people left. <laughs> then in February, I hired pe- um, four people and then two, hun- two people left. And then March and May, um, I think we like March through May, like we didn't really have any turnover or anything. And then in June, three people left my team. Uh, actually four people left my team. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, in July, a few people left my team. And then in September, one person left my team In October, one person left my team. So, (laughs) um, the reason that I'm using the term left my team is because it encompasses a variety of reasons. And I don't think it's necessarily healthy for me to share the ins and outs of all the things, but the variety of reasons covers people leaving for other jobs. Um, People being let go due to cash flow, people who left the team due to contracts being up and not renewing them, and then people left due to cause, right? So I had a lot of people leave my team this year, and it was painful. Like, I tell everyone, like, having these conversations, whether it's somebody leaving my team for another job or for cause or contract or cash flow or whatever... I hate having these conversations. These type of conversations are my least favorite part about business more than taxes, which is saying a lot because I literally am annoyed by taxes. That's a whole nother podcast. Um, A lot of my time y'all was spent here in this space that I hate more than anything else. And again, if you've never had employees or if you've never had commission oriented sales team, if you never had any of these types of experiences and, and let me tell you what, Y'all need to take people's lives very seriously. I absolutely did. I'm not saying I was perfect. Like I had an HR person to support me through all of that because there's absolutely no way that I would have navigated that as well as I did. Not to say that I was the absolute best rock star, but um, I just have to say shout out to Maria, Jumpstart HR. Absolutely awesome, awesome person Um, because she can see both sides of every predicament and we spent hours and hours and hours and days going through decisions um, because I just, I don't make those decisions lightly. And so she made sure that the person um, was able to go forth and be great because I do wish every single person who was on my team this year, whether they're still on my team or not, like, you know, I want them to have a really great life and career and business and whatever. Right. And, you know, we've had really great HR and like legal teams. We both have technically, um, or they both, uh, HR and legal, have been really good to, with each other as well of just making sure we're all on the same page. Um, so I just, I want to um, also make this distinction because it really resonated with me um, on the employer side of legal that we have. Um, she said something to me 
that really was like, oh, okay, this is how this is going to go. But honestly, my HR, my finance, my legal teams are say this in their own way. And that is, you know, I know that this is how you feel, Jordan, or these are things you value, but this is what your business needs you to do. And, oh, like I, like I hate it. And I also understand it very, very deeply, right? Like what I value and what my feelings are. Um, my business is not meant to like to be aligned with me 110%. Which, you know, when people are like, yeah, you are your business. It's like, oh, like I want to like <laughs> bop them in the head because that's not true. Um, I can't build my business based off of my feelings and my emotions and flaws and all of that sort of stuff. Um, that's just not, that's not how you run a viable business, right? Um, you know, and it's kind of different in how you run like a company versus a like maybe freelance business per se. But I have to make different decisions for my business than I would do for myself um, based on either my trauma or my experience or my values, which again is, is very difficult to do. And I want to encourage you that if you're in the position of scaling like I would say maybe quarter of a mil above, like if you're really thinking about that stuff and the people that you're hiring from a financial HR legal perspective, like they need to be able to see that difference and be a sounding ear to you, but also tell you what you need to do regardless of how you, you the CEO feel about it. Because I felt a lot of ways about a lot of the team stuff and I was very emotional about all of it. Um, every single, every single one of those conversations every single one, <laughs> not a single one was I not emotional about it. Um, and you know, I, um, I had to make a, a different decision. So I, I felt like a lot of ways, a lot of the team stuff and the decisions I made a lot of time were because the business needed it versus, you know, I like this person, you know, I like a lot of the people who left my team, um, and so I enjoyed a lot of the people that were on my team, but the business itself needed a different decisions to be made and needed a different outcome. And that may sound like super cold to some of you. I totally understand that. But when you have a business that is not only paying for your livelihood, but several other people's livelihoods and salaries and payrolls and things like you cannot, you cannot just make decisions based off of one person. Like that's just and that one person being myself as well. So uh, you have to think of the business for the majority. Hate me if you want for that statement, but it really is true. And I think the majority of my energy that I had to put toward a lot of these conversations that truly stifled the growth of my business more than anything else this year. Like, yes, there was a lot of personal things that happened as well. Um, and I think that the mental and emotional toll behind those decisions and experiences generally speaking, we're not worth over hiring, right? It led to um, not only a lot of waste of time and mental effort, um, but again, I was emotionally tied to a lot of these decisions. I would cry a lot. I would be sad a lot. Um, and when you're sad, like you can't go out and be joyful on reels. You can't, you know, um, 
just be firing people and pretending like things are okay. Um, it just, it, you really need to take the time to grieve and to deal with the loss. And that made it really tough because as the person whose face is everywhere, regardless of how I feel about it, right. Because I literally do not care about my face being anywhere. Like there's just no way around it. Like I can't rose color glasses my way through it. Um, it was one of the hardest seasons of my business ever. Truly. Um, And that's why I'm serious when I titled this episode that I don't want you to overhire. I do not want you to listen to that advice. I do not want you to have to have the amount of conversations that I've had to have because it's truly, I mean, like really low points. Um, And I just have to shout out my husband, Marcus, um, because something I really appreciate him is that he will never not give me a hug. Like he could literally be holding pallets of wood. And if I want to hug, he he will somehow hug me with the wood or put the wood down or hug me in that moment um, because he knows that I need that hug and I need that hug now, right? He may not, he may not do that same mentality when it comes to changing air filters or doing the dishes, but um, in a grand scheme of things, like those aren't as important as when I need that hug. Like I need it right now. And I'm super grateful because I needed a lot of hugs on a lot of days this year. Um, and you know, like I, I feel like this year I wasn't able to be like the best wife, the best bonus mother, best sister, best daughter, best friend, best leader, um, to everyone's lives that I touch. Um, and so I, I want to change that in 2023 and, even thinking about like all the exciting stuff that I wanted to do this year, especially for my team, like retreats and bringing in people to figure out investment opportunities and all this stuff. Like I, we could not do any of that because of how much I was having to spend in in other arenas. So honestly, next year we'll be able to make the revenue that we had planned for 2022 in 2023 with really the same amount of people that we have. We may hire one or two, but honestly, um, the six employees and three contractors, the contractors are mostly full-time, you know, they're between, well, they're between part-time and full-time. But I'm really happy with that number. I'm really happy with everyone that's on the team. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put that focus there and just like focus to get to the 3 million um, in revenue, which is our goal for next year. Um, And that just feels really awesome. It feels really great to have each team member and like think about them and, to know what they're bringing to the table, it just feels really good. And I've had people on my team that have been with me for three years, two years, a year. And yes, I have absolutely gone down the rabbit hole of, oh my gosh, half of my team has gone this year. Um, Am I a bad leader? Am I a bad business owner? Am I creating a culture that isn't supportive of people? Like, am I not growing people in their personal personal and professional development? Am I a bad boss? Like I've, I've went through all those things, all those emotions, all those feelings. And I had to come to the conclusion and have a lot of conversations. Uh, and it's like, okay, you know, Alice has been with me for three years. Trina's been with me for like two, two and a half years at this point. There's a lot of people who've been with me for a while. And I'm like, why are you still here? (laughs) Basically, you know, and they do share with me that I am a great leader and, you know, here's like the particular needs, uh, and differences of us being, in this team versus working for somebody else. And that may not be the best fit for every single person. Our company and our culture may not be a good fit for everyone and that's okay. And who it is for, it really is an amazing fit. 
So it's just like when you think of clients who, again, you qualify clients and some clients aren't a good fit, not because they're bad people or wrong people, but just because they just are not a good fit. And so you have to think the same way about your team. And, you know, that is going to cause turnover to happen. That just is part of it. Um, And so, you know, I'm really grateful for the longevity of my team um, because I've been on teams where literally entire teams left before a launch. It was terrible. And, you know, people have been here through a lot of the hard stuff and a lot of the changes and changing of their roles or changing of what's going on. And, you know, I'm not saying that you should keep somebody on your team just solely based on the fact that they've been with you for a long time, but Honestly, having folks on my team consistently makes for really, really great, excellent years. Just saying. (laughs) So 2021 was a really good year because we didn't have a lot of turnover, to be honest with you. I had two people turn over that year, literally. So it was really important for us to ground ourselves this year and um, eventually, right, after, after all of that. And just know, like, okay, as a culture, like, here's what we believe in. Here's our values. Here's how that shows up in the work that you do. Like, you know, if you like the same thing every single day, like, you're probably not going to like our team. Um, And that doesn't mean that we're doing things chaotically because, again, in the grand scheme of things, we have the same one offer for two and a half years. But that doesn't mean that there's not adjustments being made or things changing, right? And the more I talk to people who've had like seven, eight, nine, ten figure businesses, they're like, oh, yeah, I've experienced all these things. Like, that's fine. You know, it's just part of business. <laughs> like, you can't possibly have 100% retention in every area. Like, it's not possible. So, you know, let me not let me not make it more than it is. Um, and I encourage you to do the same. So, you know, with that advice, like, I just really don't encourage you to overhire. I want you to be intentional and strategic with your hiring. Even if it means that when you hire someone, you know, you know, that that isn't the best fit, that doesn't make them bad or wrong. Um, both parties are better off. You know, I promise you, like, I truly believe that people who have left my team, they're better off, right? This isn't just about our business. So, you know, you don't have to take this advice at all if you don't want to. <laughs> uh, go ahead and overhire. Um, but I just, like the pain, like if I could have others avoid this pain that I experienced this year, like I really just, I encourage you um, to really pause before you hire. And I know that like, if you're wanting to hire, totally hire. Because having amazing team members is literally one of the most beautiful things to experience. And I don't want to take that away from you. This is not a do not hire podcast. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. I'm saying don't over hire. Okay. If you need one person to hire, do not hire two. Okay. Um, Just really focus on hiring that great person. And then if they are really great fit for the, the role, then how do you keep them and maintain them? right? So in the next episode, I'm going to talk about why I'm taking more educated risks this upcoming year in 2023. Um, I have a lot of fun things planned, a lot of excitement, a lot of like me coming out of my shell in a lot of major ways um, and using my voice. So I'm really excited to share those updates with you. So stay tuned.